Trading Night, episode 184. To get the $40,000, like it was literally on trades that I would just put on, put the stop loss in, and I just have like the trading view alerts when price is near my target. And then I just walk away because all I'm doing, like watching the trade, is just causing like agony. You know what I mean? Like you're just watching it. And especially if price is just kind of consolidating near your entry, you don't know if you should get out. You don't know like, oh my God, like should I just like trim my position when the market really did nothing wrong, but it's just kind of like your mind playing games. So I think if you have a mechanical trading strategy, just put in your orders once like, you know, you get your entry signal, you know where your stop loss is supposed to be, put the trading view alerts on and then just kind of like, you know, walk away, lay down, you know, like get your mind off of the of the charts. And then if you get the notification, you know that, all right, now it's time for me to manage the trade. I'm going to take my partials or I'm going to move to break even or whatever it's going to be. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Omar Agag on the show. Now, Omar is probably one of the most opportunistic traders I've come across. You're going to find out what sort of opportunities he's jumped on that you may have missed out on. So that's coming up in the show. Uh, he's also a funded trader, so we get to see a video of how he has uh, taken a profit split from a funding funded trader program like my sponsor, City Traders Imperium. And he's also gone through the whole ICT uh, 12-month program, so we talk about that a little bit in the show as well. Now, if you're looking to learn a bit more from Omar, he sometimes opens up the doors to his program, right? And guys, it's been closed for, I think, most of the year, and in fact, he's only going to open up for a few days after the show, or just as the show's airing here, uh, and for my trading listeners. So guys, if you do want to jump on board for his Winter, I think it's sorry, summer summer session for everyone else in the world, winter for me, um, summer program, then there's an opportunity here. So there's a, a coupon code that you can use at checkout and you're going to get 50% off, right? So you get 50% off his program. Uh, it's the coupon, the coupon code is trading nut, all one word, all capitals, and it ends this week. So guys, you need to be quick if you're going to jump on board. So he's only opening the doors for a few days, then he's going to close them again. Uh, so yeah, I'll put a link underneath the video for uh, a link to his show notes page. That will include all the details about that. Um, you're going to get like step-by-step videos of his mentor uh, of, of his trading uh, you're also going to get a pdf of like the whole process and he does weekly calls uh, of varying degrees outlooks q a's that sort of thing and also there's a private chat room as well where you can uh, interact with omar one-on-one so guys um yeah as i said if you do want to find out a little bit more before you jump in then check out the video that we shot after the show which is going to drop in about 24 hours from this one and yeah then links under the video to his show notes page, we'll have all the details on how you get access to his course. Now, uh, guys, other things happening here at Trading Up. We've got the Trading Up Funded Cup underway this week. So it started. Uh, the, if you do want to check out the leaderboard, then head over to citytradersimperium.com. 
Uh, it's all over there, all hosted over there. Or you can, if you're on the Trading Nut site, there'll be a link to the Trading Nut Funded Cup. That'll take you to City Traders uh, to see that leaderboard and see how things are going. Um, so follow that. Be sure to follow that. And also the other fun and mastermind bot is still up in the Robot Builders Club. You can get the source code. You get all the videos that I shot around, not the whole mastermind, but you do get the videos that explain how the uh, how the bot works. It's called the Obsession Bot. It's based on order blocks, which is, funnily enough, a concept uh, introduced by ICT. And, yeah, it's based on order blocks. And uh, there's a fully automated version and a semi-automated version or way to trade the same bot. So, guys, if you want to check that out, Robot Builders Club, link's under the video. But for now, let's hear from my sponsors, City Traders Imperium, and then hear from Omar. As you'll know, as a trader, one of the biggest issues can be coming up with enough capital to make it worthwhile. Well, the good news is my sponsors, City Traders Imperium, have solved this problem for you. Their day trading and swing trading funding programs mean you can trade between 10000 and $4 million in capital with up to 100% profit share. Yes, you get everything you make on the account. Plus, the folks at CTI have made it super stress-free, allowing you up to six months to pass the funding challenge, which means if life gets in the way, you can park things for a while and stick to your trading plan. To check them out, click the link in the description below or in the card above. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Omar Agag here on the show uh, from Train and Trade. Welcome to the show, Omar. Hey, Cam. How you doing, man? Thank you for having me. Good. Well, look, it's great to see you uh, sitting actually in New York City. Uh, I don't think yeah. I do that many interviews with people who are actually in the city. So you can see there, if oh, you guys okay. are watching the video, the, the background, he's got a few buildings there. Um, yeah. So you're in Queens, New York. Now, uh, have you always been there and did you start off your trading journey there? And how did your journey start? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I'm from Queens, New York. If people are familiar with that. Um, yeah, I lived here my whole life. I was born here in Queens. And yeah, pretty much started my journey. I actually started my journey in upstate New York when I was in college. That's kind of when I figured out about trading. And that's kind of where my journey began. So I actually began upstate New York. And then obviously I continued uh, after college was over. Then I just came back down here. Um, and yeah, continued my journey down here. Cool. So how did you start your journey? So you started in college. I know you, you said you started off with stocks of all things. So so how did how did that go? And how did you tr- move from stocks to Forex? And what got you interested in the first place? Yeah, so uh, I was in college. Uh, me and my uh, one of my friends, we were roommates off campus. And I remember one day he was kind of t- um, he was kind of talking to me about like entrepreneurship, because I was kind of sick and tired of school, to be honest. Uh, I was trying I was studying to be like a physical therapist at the time but I didn't really enjoy any of the science classes that I was taking. So I was kind of like trying to figure a different route. So he was telling me like there's people online making money with e-commerce and trading and stuff like that. And then he's the one who introduced me to stocks. And cause I wasn't really, I wasn't sure that fork was either an option at the time. And yeah, man, since then I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos, got familiar with equities, um, actually traded equities for a little bit while I was in college and yeah that's kind of where i got my start and then eventually ended up moving to forex as i was telling you before uh, in 2018 uh once i once i found out that there was actually a market that you can trade that you didn't need to have twenty five thousand dollars because with equities you needed twenty five thousand dollars in order to day trade in your account and i just simply didn't have it at the time so that was when i made the shift to forex and honestly uh i'm glad that i made that shift because looking back at it i just personally think forex is a better market overall uh, compared to equities. It's, so how did you go in equities? What was your trading like? Um, so I was um, I was watching a lot of YouTube. Um, there's actually this, uh, and they're still around, called 
TradeNet. There's like some company called TradeNet. Uh, I bought some education from them. And they also had like similar to Forex, they had these funded accounts, but there was no evaluation. So you just paid. Uh, it was like, I think $700 for a $15,000 account. There was obviously like um, restrictions on the account. Like you can't go below this amount of equity, but it actually came with the chat room and education. So I actually got lucky because that, they're actually a, like a legit company. And yeah, man. So I actually got the training from them, started studying. Um, and I was in the beginning, I was just doing like basic support resistance. Uh, I was just buying golfing bars off support. It wasn't really anything complex. Mm-hmm. It was really all basic stuff to begin with. And like flag patterns, that's like a very big uh, pattern within equities. Ah. And so, so were you profitable? Yeah, surprisingly, it's it's funny because I was actually in stocks. It took me like about six months and I was actually able to make some money uh, consistently. So I was able to withdraw from them like, you know, anywhere between one to two thousand a month. It wasn't much. But compared to like when I switched over to Forex, that was a much more, that was a bigger learning curve. Yeah. yeah much bigger learning curve. <laughs> and so, so what did you do in that transition? Did you, to try and, you know, I suppose take your learnings from stocks into Forex? How did you, how did you transition? Uh, it was, it was, it was tough, man, because honestly, when I was trading um, equities, most day traders are trading on like the five minute time frame, the one minute. And the five minute, to me, that was like the higher time frame, you know? And again, I was still like in my infancy with equities. So I didn't really get to grow in, in that sense as well. But when I went to Forex, you know, like you have everyone watching like the one hour, the daily. And that was like completely foreign to me because I was just a scalper. I would just wait for price. If I got like a, a price spike, you know, a resistance, a key of resistance level, then I would just go short and, you know, just bank on a quick move down and vice versa. But with Forex, it didn't work like that at all. I tried that. And then kind of quickly realize, like, you know what, this is not going to work. I'm going to actually have to, you know, find some type of course education in order to kind of like learn this type of market. Because this clearly is something completely different. Mm. And so what was your first foray into? Like, I mean, did you jump in on a live account or a demo account and did yeah. you blow it up? Or <laughs> no, so, so because I had um, profitability with equities towards the end when I made that transition, I had a couple thousand dollars saved up from like the withdrawals that I made from the stock program. So I actually dumped two thousand dollars into an account. Um, and I remember I brought it down to like twelve hundred, and that's when I was like, "All right, you know what? Maybe I should just take it easy." And then that's kind of when I started looking for like different courses and stuff like that to try to get educated before you know starting trading again. But yeah, I ju- for me personally, I just jumped into a live because I thought I knew I was going to be able to make money based off my stock experience. But yeah, man, wasn't the case at all. Yeah, and so so how did you? Where'd you go for education? Um, okay, so I was lucky. So my friend who actually put me onto Forex, he had like a, a group chat with all his friends. Um, so they actually do, they had like so much information, like paid courses. Um, so then they kind of directed, they had a lot of courses saved. So they kind of lent me to, you know, like specific mentors and stuff like that. The first course that I ever got was uh, with Steve Morrow. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's the guy with the Beat the Market Maker series. I've that heard was like of it. Yeah. in 2018. Yeah. yeah, that was a while ago when he used to have a boot camp. Um, so I started off with that. And then that led me to ICT, which I know you had on the podcast before. So, yeah. Ah, okay, right. So you beat the market then to ICT. So so what, did you go through the through ICT's full mentorship program? Yeah, yeah. So when I started with the dude Steve Morrow, a lot of people, I'm not going to lie, I had profitability with, with uh, Steve Morrow's concepts. But he had his concepts were like the market moves in threes. But then if you look at a chart, there's more to it than the market just moving up or down three times before reversing. 
Um, so I knew there was more to the story. And then a lot of people were telling me, hey, you know, Steve Morrow actually took a lot of the concepts from ICT. So then I'm like, all right, well, I'd rather just go to the source. And then ICT was actually having his open enrollment in September of 2018. And then I was like, you know what? It's only one, it was only 150 a month for 12 months and then lifetime access. I'm like, dude, 150 a month, that's nothing. I was paying more for the stock program and stuff like that. Uh, I'm like 150, that's nothing. And I was living at home at the time. So I didn't have barely any expenses. And so, yeah, so I just kind of dove right into that. And so, so how did you go going through ICT's program? I mean, how did you transition to trading on a live account or did you start on a demo? How did you do that whole thing? I mean, I suppose for people out there like myself who haven't done ICT's program, don't really understand. Well, I don't, I don't know much about it at all. How does it sort of, how did you approach it and what would you be your advice for other people? Yeah, man. Um, so to be honest, because you, you didn't get the content all at once, it was like month by month content. So you'd have month one, then you go month two and then you get new content. So I personally was not, I was not a big fan of it, but I knew like I had like kind of a, a longer term picture. Like, you know what, if this guy is as good as everyone says he is, you know, if he has the secret sauce or whatever it is, let me just stick it out because I'm, I'm not in trading to like, you know, just be profitable in the next year. Even if it takes a couple of years, I'm perfectly fine. Cause I know it's scalable. Um, so that, I didn't like that, to be honest. I mean, I'm not, the concept itself was great, but the fact that, because I would finish one month's content in like, you know, in one weekend, and then I have to wait for the next month. And the problem is when you're trying to develop, if you don't have the full picture, you know, it's, it's kind of impossible to kind of, you know, develop uh, your system or your strategy if you don't even have the full pieces to the puzzle. So that was one thing I didn't like, but again, I was just kind of like, you know what, let me just push through. I did finish the 12 months, but in the meantime, I was just like, I was trading live, which I... I admit I probably shouldn't have because I I was trading concepts that I didn't really understand at the at the time and I didn't even have the full picture yet because I still haven't had the um, the education and I'm not gonna lie he he does say in the mentorship too like you know what you guys shouldn't trade you should wait at least twelve months and stuff like that but you know no one's gonna listen to that especially if you're gonna trade no one's listening to <laughs> yeah. that yeah well you pay you're paying hundred and fifty bucks a month you're probably gonna want to try it out. Yeah, and, exactly. And I mean, it's exactly. very hard not to because yeah. it's that whole sort of like, well, I'm doing this effort, I'm putting this time in, and your brain automatically goes, where's this? Where's the payback? I want to see the payback. Exactly. Yeah, which is man. ironically the complete wrong way to look at the whole trading game, which is it's almost like you've got to pay it, you've got to put the effort in, and then you eventually get the payback right at the very end. Um, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's like somebody trying, you know, trying to play... Uh, professional sports if they want to play professional sports yeah you've got to train for years you've got to do it as a kid and you eventually get there but you're not going to jump into the to the to the a team or the first team you know straight out of the bat after after doing you know getting one one training session right so um okay so so how did you how did your live trading go during that first year of of mentorship yeah, so this is the thing. So um, he does have a lot of free content too. So what I would do is I would finish, let's say, month one or month two of, of like the private mentorship content, but I would also consume the other ones that he has on YouTube because he has a lot of videos on YouTube, even at the time. Now he's mm-hmm. like kind of tripled down on it. But yeah, even back then he had stuff on his website. So I was studying that and then I was able to kind of figure out like some type of strategy or system to trade in the meantime. But again, because I didn't have all that information in the beginning, it was kind of like, all right, when I learned something new, okay, let me tweak it like that. And you know, like if you keep tweaking your system, you're not going to really find much profitability. 
So that first um, from 2018, like the end part of 2018, you know, it was just a bunch of like uh, minor losses because I knew I was going to, I was learning. And I didn't know what I was doing. 2019, those, uh, the beginning of 2019 to the mid middle of 2019, I was also still kind of struggling, but then I started finding, all right, as the, as I got more content uh, from the actual private mentorship and from his public stuff, I was able to piece things together, find like a specific system or strategy that I wanted to trade. And yeah, so once I found like these two strategies at the time that I was trading, that was profitable. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stick to this in the meantime, just trade that. And then, you know, Mm. I'm not going to deviate from that. If I'm going to test anything else out, it's not going to be on the live account. It's going to be either on demo or it's going to be forward testing slash back testing. And yeah, man, that was kind of like the way it kind of went through for the most of 2019 until I finished the mentorship. And so, so it sounds like you could have taken the, these learnings and, and applied anything to it in terms of you could have come up with maybe a dozen strategies that you could have executed, but you exactly, decided on yeah. two. And then now, how did you sort of decide on these two? What what was it that appealed to you? Yeah, so it was pretty much a liquidity rate, um, which is the majority of what ICT's concepts are, where like if price, you know, takes out a prior high or a prior low, you know, and then has some type of impulse move. You know, I would just pretty much wait for that to happen. For and I was using specifically Friday highs and Friday lows, because you know I was kind of I like I like to scalp and I was more of like you know a quick type of trader. So if I saw a Friday high where price was kind of going above it and then broke down, I would just simply look for a retest of that level, put a stop loss above the high, and then just scalp the move down. And it would be usually about one to two hour type of trade. But again, like it was very simple to look for because if you have the indicator of a Friday high and a Friday low, you know, it's, it's, it's very obvious to see. But again, there was no complexity with it, which is kind of why I deviated away from it because of variables. There was not much variables to the trade. You know, I wasn't looking at the higher time frame. I was literally looking at it like a 15 minute, minute chart and a 30 minute chart, just executing that pattern. And to be honest, it worked like it was working. Um, because I was able to stay disciplined and the risk to reward made sense. So most of the risk to rewards were around, let's say two R and I was able to have about like a 60, 70% win rate on those. Like it just, it just made sense. That I was making money over time, but you know, I wanted more, I wanted to be able to kind of uh, a little bit more complexity and variability because, you know, I want to be able to scale my type of trading. Um, so that didn't really last long after, after I finished the mentorship. Right. So, so can you talk us through sort of like the, the financial side of, you know, accounts that you funded and, and how they, how they grew and, and fell and, and that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. One thing about me, I was never, cause some people don't, don't immediately put like, you know, 10,000, $20,000 into an account. Um, but I was learning. So I was only putting 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks for me, 2000 at the time was like a lot of money. If I want to put into account, because I knew I, I didn't know what I was doing, you know? So it's like, it made no sense to me. Like, why would I fund my account $15,000, $20,000 when, first of all, my psychology wasn't right. Second of all, like skill level wise, I knew I didn't, I wasn't where I needed to be to take on bigger lot size positions. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just keep doing these $1,000 accounts, $500 accounts. Um, and I did that for like majority of 2019. Um, yeah. So yeah, the biggest account I funded really was 2000 in 2019. And I, like I would scale my, my biggest issue in 2019, I would grow these accounts from, let's say, $2,000 to, let's say, 6000 But my biggest problem is I would never withdraw anything. And then I would just like kind of blow up the account and have to refund another 500 And then, you know, it was always rinse and repeat. I was always kind of trying to take that account like something massive um, and never actually took out my principal. So I was just kind of blowing these accounts. 
every now and then would have an account where I would flip, take out my principal, and then just blow the the remaining amount also. And so, so you had like just on the blowing accounts. How did you manage to blow the accounts? Like, was it something? Yeah, just funneling? over leveraging. Over leveraging, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Cause management. The, yeah, because yeah, sometimes I would see a setup and I think, "Is oh my god, this is so perfect." Or I just learned about this one trading strategy and I would want to like implement it. But yeah, so I so there's like, a lesson there. There's a lesson yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> so if you guys are thinking like that, then it's probably going to result in you blowing an account. Um, so the okay, that that's really interesting. Um, okay, so so blue account. So so how did you then sort of progress to that? You know, you said you did the twelve months. You 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 now knew more than you know, the, getting a sixty seventy percent win rate with a one to two R uh, one R or two R trades. You wanted to go yeah. to the next level. What did the next level look like for you? Yeah, so it was just kind of improving my uh, knowledge on how the markets operate. And so I kind of pieced it all together. So towards like the end of the mentorship, um, ICT does provide like different trading models, kind of like strategies with specific rule sets. So I kind of just like, you know, uh, he gives he gives about, like, I think it was 12 models. And I just went through them and I just kind of chose ones that resonated with me. And also like, you know, forward testing, back testing, all that stuff, just the experience built over time. I just kind of figured out, all right, this is kind of how I want to trade. And yeah, man, in 2020, that's kind of where everything kind of came together. Because I remember in 2020, I actually that was when the COVID situation happened. And when the markets were tanking, I was able to like make a lot of money on actually, surprisingly, on the option side of things using the same type of strategies. Mm. But I was just trading options because I knew I could leverage without having to use a stop loss per se, you know? Ah. Yeah. So like, because that was my biggest issue going into like 2020 was still psychological issues. You know, sometimes I'd be removing stops and things like that. So I'm like, you know what? I can be a little bit safer on the option side. So I was trading like the S&P 500 with options, but using the same strategies that I was kind of learning. And that was from your stock trading days that you'd sort of picked up how to trade options through the stocks? Uh, no, to be honest, I didn't even really know much about options. I just <sighs> kind of like, yeah, I, yeah. one of my friends was guiding me through it. <laughs> and when the when the market crash was happening, I was telling him, like, all right, I want to like short the market here. And he was telling me, yeah, you just got to buy puts. So I remember I put in like $2,000 inside of like a couple contracts and then i remember the market gap down huge that was like during the covid time and i remember like dude that two thousand dollars was like twelve thousand and i made twelve ten thousand dollars on the trade and that month i remember it was march of 2020 specifically that was like my biggest month at the time and i turned i flipped the cut from twelve thousand dollars to thirty two thousand just by going and i'll be honest it was like it was kind of reckless because i didn't really know how much i was going to lose on the trade besides like i know like the maximum i could lose is two thousand yeah with the options contract but yeah i was I was just taking advantage of the volatility, and yeah, I was able to flip that twelve thousand dollars account that I funded to about like thirty two thousand at the time. Righty ho, and and so okay, so you you then you know that the volatility died down and and uh, things gradually went yeah. back to normal. How did you? <laughs> yeah. So then you made what? What made you decide to then go? Okay, well, options isn't really what I want to do. I want to go back to forex. What made you decide to make that transition back? Yeah, man, because um, I remember, so out of the 32,000, I only kept 17, so I lost majority of it. <laughs> so I really only did five because I lost the remaining amount. I remember I was in a, I, I was watching gold, and I'm like, yo, gold, like, it's sitting up perfectly on a higher time frame chart. You know, it's, it looks like ready to rip. Um, and at the time, the fundamentals were looking good, too. Like, you know, gold should have been going up during that financial crisis. So I got in a couple call options, but, for, and I put $7,000 into those call options. And they like gold was going up but my contracts were losing value and i'm like what, what's going on here and my friend was telling me like i bought 
the contracts I bought or something like that, where something was wrong with the IV or something like oh, that. Oh, maybe the premium the was drawing, yeah. uh, like getting close to the expiry date or something like that, or something. Yeah, because yeah. I remember it was consolidating for three days before it finally rallied, and when it was rallying, I was down seven thousand, and then like I was down almost the full amount on the contracts. Then when it was rallying. I was like, all right, now I was actually at break even at one point on the contracts, but I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get out now. I just was down almost the full amount. You know, I could yeah. finally maybe make some profit. And then, yeah, gold just started consolidating. And then I lost pretty much um, the full premium because I let it go to expiration date. Uh, right. Maybe it was because I, I put like too close in the money. I don't even know, honestly. And then that was a yeah. huge turn off. Yeah, that's, and that, I suppose that's where, that's where the experience of being a, like a yeah. seasoned options trader would have gone, oh, well, I'm not going to get that contract, even though it looks great. I'm not going to buy that yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, and I, like, I mean I'm, I'm not experienced by any means. Although that's it, that was the first thing I did learn many years ago was options trading, and uh, I didn't really stick with it at all. Uh, now, uh, so how did that sort of lead, so that led you back into Forex and to just, yeah. you know, and I suppose, look, these things are, are all a, the journey, right? The journey to get to the point where you're consistent. I know you've, yeah. you're, a, you're a funded trader um, with these prop trading firms. I mean, do you want to walk us through sort of how you got into that that game and sort of decided, like, well, maybe, I get, maybe I should get funded and that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, so they were act- so that's the thing. To be honest, they weren't really available um, in 2019, 2018 when I first started. Even 2020, I wasn't really familiar with any prop firms. And um, in 2021, that's when, like, you know, I started seeing FTMO and, and some of these other firms. But I was always skeptical because I was just like, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Plus, I knew that there was, like, the incentive for them was they're taking advantage of the 99% of traders are failing. So they're collecting money off of, like, you know, all the fees and I'm like, there's a conflict of interest between the trader who's actually profitable versus the actual, um, versus the firm, you know? So I'm thinking like, all right, I just didn't trust it at the time. And then you know what happened? I'm not sure if you're familiar with funding talent. Um, it, it was a big fiasco. It was like, yeah, one, yeah, it was like this uh, really well-known prop firm at the time. They kind of just shut down their doors. They did give me a refund, but, you know, they didn't pay, they didn't really pay anyone their profit splits because I guess the traders were making too much money. And I, it was just a very, very sour taste in my mouth. And that was in 2021. Um, but then, you know, so as, as they started building reputability towards like this year, right? So I actually, um, December of 2021 and January of this year, I had some like really big flips on my accounts. So I had about like $50,000 in profit. So I'm like, you know what? This is a good time for me to try these funded accounts because I, first of all, I can afford a bigger funded account, which I ended up going with the 300K with FTMO. And I was telling myself, like, all right, trading my own capital is getting a little bit stressful because I was trying to scale up size. And I realized, like, you know what? If I get multiple funded accounts and let's say you get, like, 1 million total funding accounts from, like, the FTMO, my Forex fund, the funded trader, so all these different city traders and period. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm thinking, like, all right, 1 million, you could lose up to $100,000 of total equity, roughly, right? So I'm thinking, like, that's pretty much the same as a 100K account. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Let me Let me start that journey and yeah and then i got my uh, account with ftmo towards the end of february so i started trading that and then i showed you um and i posted on twitter and instagram where i was able in like just like about two months or so like you know over forty thousand dollars with ftmo and yeah man no i've never had a problem with any payout um and i also think they've been around long enough and all these firms are, have been around long enough where they kind of realized um 
they know how to like they know how to make the prop model profitable for them and for the trader mm. so there's no conflict of interest so yeah, yeah I, I highly recommend prop firms now it's crazy because 2021 i would have said something completely different but now after like my experience with them and the funded trader as well because i have a payout actually coming up tomorrow like dude mm. i'm not risking my own money and yeah and it just makes it makes a lot mm. of sense honestly and i think i mean i i think I mean, prop trading firms have been around for years, but I suppose it's just they've made it so that now anyone can have a crack. You don't have to have a seat in the firm. You don't, exactly. you know, they're not. There's no overhead for them to to try and you know to to bring exactly. it on board you. Um, they can, you know, so, so it's just that model around how they bring bring people into the firm. Um, now you mentioned there that you'd managed to sort of grow your account to 50k profit. We had 50k profit in the account. How did how yeah. on earth did you do that? So we didn't really get that part of the story. Yeah. So in December, um, and honestly, this is where like, I give a shout out to like James Storms and Q Banks. Like a lot of them, and I know uh, James was on your podcast talking yeah. about this. Uh, I think in twenty twenty one, but like, dude, just seeing them have like always talking about where they the, the most confident, like Q Q for example, he always says the most confident trade in the room is going to make the most money. And for the longest time, especially in 2021, like I knew like my skill level was kind of, I knew I was getting better progressively. And I knew like I was seeing the market. I'm like, all right, the market's going to go from down here to up here. And and I think most traders are actually, you know, when they develop the skill set, but then they can't execute to the best of their ability. Like they either take profits too early or they won't size up on the trades. They know that they should, you know, have a statistical edge on. Um, and then listening to like, you know, James and uh, Q, that kind of, really resonated with me when Q said that. And then also seeing James do that crazy flip and him talking about like, you know, you just got to have confidence. He's not, he's not scared of like losing money. You know what I mean? It's just part of the game. And then that's kind of when like I had that mental shift uh, in December. And I'm like, you know what? Like it's the, it's the last, it's the last month of the year. I'm already up solid for 2021. Let me just try to push um, an account. So I put $10,000 of my own money into a separate account and I was able to get that 10,000 to about 30 grand. And honestly, majority of the, the of the wins was really on just Bitcoin because Bitcoin at the time was like trending. And I remember I called like a really big long position. Um, it was like kind of like a swing trade. And yeah, that one trade like paid me out 17,000. And I only traded about three weeks in December because, you know, like the last week is the holiday time. Uh, but yeah, man. So then that kind of set me up for 2022 in January. I'm like, all right, let me take out the profit. Similar to what James talks about where he just takes out profits if he's going to trade aggressive right? Pay yourself and then just do it again. So that's what I did. So I put $12,000 into an account at the beginning of January and flipped that to 42,000. So that one, that was, that was my biggest month ever this January, which was like $30,000 in profit. And to be honest, again, the majority of it was just Bitcoin because Bitcoin was trending lower. I think it was like uh, in the beginning of the year. And yeah, man, anytime like the market spiked up and I knew that there was a potential lower high in structure, I just started shorting it. And I'll be honest, like I wasn't, using like you know um tight stops or anything like that I, my stops were always wide because i wanted to make sure i caught the move because i knew bitcoin like it, the trend was just clearly down so i don't want to like try to be so anal on the stop loss or anything like that i just want to make sure I'm, i caught majority of the mm -hmm. move so i was scaling a good amount of positions have a wide stop and then catch the move down and yeah that was majority of my um and so, so that really so that so that um so that's actually quite interesting because it sort of ties in nicely with going into a funded program where you've got to have very tight risk management and yeah. you know you can't break the rules and stuff so yeah. um but it's it's interesting the the approach because it seems like i mean you you're a very opportunistic trader in terms of and i'm not saying this is a bad thing at all i think it's like very good because it's you've you've 
you know, seen the coronavirus, jumped into options yeah. to give you the opportunity to to leverage up and <clears throat> and um, I suppose take advantage of these moves without like worrying too much about being stopped out. And then yeah. Bitcoin's rise and fall uh, and taking that sort of more aggressive approach. So, for example, so of the 10K, what uh, what was the or even the twelve k? What was the sort of maximum you would have lost if you know your your directional bias hadn't played out? If you had to get, would it have been an account blow? Uh, no, or no, it, so, no. Would so, it have been fifty so percent or something like that? No, no. So I was always risk. So I always had a stop loss, but it was just yeah. like wide. So like, yeah. if I'm getting in on a four hour, let's say I'm, I'm like I'm shorting Bitcoin and it's at a four hour area of resistance, supply, whatever you want to call it, I would just keep my stop loss above that level. And I'm not going to try to like get in because like, you know, like, especially nowadays people are looking for lower time frame entries, but I knew that the, the bias was clearly lower. Like there was just so many confluences of the market going lower. So I didn't, didn't want to get stopped out prematurely. So I would have those wide stops above an H4 high, like no problem. Even if it's like, you know, 50 pips, 100 mm-hmm. pips, but I would obviously, you know, position size accordingly so that I know, all right, if I'm, I'm risking $2,000 on this trade, I'm risking right. X amount of money on this trade. Um, and the thing is, as I started to build the account up and I started, like, once I got to double and the account was at 24000 that's when I kind of like, all right, you know what, I'm going to start being more aggressive. I'm going to do three, $4,000 per trade. And I think, uh, and also like with all my experience, it was just, it's like you said, like being opportunistic because some, some trade setups, especially if a setup is forming on a daily chart, you're not going to get perfect daily chart setups m- more often than not. So why not take advantage when the opportunity is there, mm. because that, that's kind of how I feel. And I, and every single trading podcast that I've listened to where like you're, you're, you're listening to traders who are making like millions of dollars. Like, I don't know if you know, saying Luigi from options, but these dudes. Yeah. But like, he's a really big options traders or like other, other traders I've listened to on podcasts. They always talk about how they just size up whenever there's like, when kind of everything is coming together, there's so many different forms of confluences. And obviously you got to be experienced to know this. Like I wouldn't suggest that to a newer trader. Like as a beginner, I, w- I wouldn't even know what a great setup would look like, mm-hmm. you know, but now after being in the markets for four years and having my, like my trading strategy and system to the T, like I know, okay, I need to start putting on some size on this trade because it's setting up on the daily four hour, one hour, like every time frames in confluence and this range, like you get into a trade, let's say on Euro, for example, if you get if I could get into a trade with a 10 pip stop loss, 15 pip stop loss on an intraday or something like that, and the move on the higher time frame is like 200 pips, even if I catch 100 pips, why not push some size because the range is going to be so much higher. So I can capitalize on that range. And that's kind of how I always thought to be honest. It's like I'd rather just push it when the market's giving me that opportunity like dude, this is setting up on all time frame just just push, you know? And it's uncomfortable, but you kind of just get used to it, you know? And so, so are you are you talking about like pot, so when you you say oh, you're going to add to the to the entry position, are you adding there or thereabouts in the near the entry, or are you going further close? Sorry, as it goes further away from the entry, like into stop into drawdown, are you adding at that yeah. point, or are you adding are you stacking onto the trade when it gets into profit? No, so the way I do it is like this. So if I have an H four level, and I'm and my mind is like, all right, I'm not gonna, I don't care about lower time frame confirmation. I want to scale in. I'll t- so let's say I'm risking $2,000 on a trade and I know my stop loss is going to be above that H4 level. I'm going to take a position right as price hits that level for only a $1,000 risk. So if it just spikes up and just completely destroys my H4 level and hits me out a stop loss, I only lost $1,000. So I lost 0.5R on the trade. Right. Now, if I start to see multiple rejections like triple tops or like market structure breaks on the lower time frame, 
then I'm going to start adding as price gives me a retest back at that area. For me, I don't like adding as the market goes in my favor just because if you're wrong on the trade and you're in, you have great entries, I don't want to stack a position where it compromises the, the better entries, you know? So if I, unless it's something close to the H4 level, I'm going to start to scale in positions that way. But I know that the maximum risk I have allocated to the trade is 2000 So that's that's how I trade on like that type of setup. Um, and it's primarily only on Bitcoin because crypto is very, very volatile. So I don't like having tight stops in crypto because like you'll just get stopped. You're just literally asking your, uh, the market makers to just take out your stop. Yeah. In Forex though, in Forex and um, in indices, I do actually have just like, all right, one entry, one stop, and that's it. And I'll, sometimes I'll scale um, a second position if it gives me a second entries. But again, I don't like adding um, too far away from the, from the level that I entered on just because, you know, psychologically, I don't mm. want to be up two, three R on the trade with a five R, four R target or something like that. Add a position, then I lose one R on the trade after mm. being up, you know. And then, that's just for me psychologically. Um, but I know some traders who do, who do that. And honestly, it's a, great, it's a great way to do it because if you catch one move, you know, you can catch like a big nine, 10 R gain from those two positions together. So it's a good way to trade, but psychologically, I'm just not there yet. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Now, now, how did you move from that um, into your into your trading for the, the prop firms? And obviously, you, you know, you've got maximum daily loss requirements and all limitations yeah. and, and maximum account loss, growth restriction. I mean, how did how did you transition your trading? You sort of just touched on it there. What did you yeah. do to make sure you, you you got through these challenges and, and got funded? Yeah, so so the thing is with the challenges, right? I've always had my trading strategy and system since like towards the end of 2021. Like I already, like I have like about like six, seven different strategies that I trade and it's all mechanical. So I don't really trade discretionary. Like I don't, so meaning I'm not gonna look at a chart and be like, all right, I think it's gonna go lower. Let me just start shorting. Like I actually have very specific like criteria to enter a trade. So all I did with the funding account, I'm like, all right, I just have to make sure that I allocate a specific amount of risk per trade, um, especially on the challenges and just trade these setups. That's it. So I only like chose like maybe like four, four to five setups to trade um, during like the challenges part. And yeah, and when I got funded, I'm like, all right, like I'm already funded. After my first withdrawal, you get your money back for the challenges. So I'm like, all right, this, you know, might as well just put on like, you know, anywhere between one to 2% risk on the, on the accounts. And yeah, but it, it is more structured, like you were saying, but it wasn't a big issue because honestly, like when I had the 300K account, right? On a 300K account, you can lose up to $15,000 for the day. So it's not like 15,000, I'm not going to risk $15,000 of my own money anyways. So it was like, it was just a lot less stress because I know that this is not my money. If I blow these accounts, you know, I could just, first of all, if I already got my withdrawal, I already got my refund for, for what I paid for, for the account. And yeah, and then I could just always get another challenge account and my money is never being risked. So mm-hmm. that was like the appeal, especially because even though I made $50,000 from December to January, man, it was like so, so, like so, so stressful because like if you're putting on size, and especially with Bitcoins trading 24 seven and it was just too much. And I'm like, you know what? I wanted to take a little bit of a break from that and then kind of just, you know, try to get as much funded accounts as possible. Okay. And so, so what's your total sort of value of funded accounts at the moment? Yeah, so the 300k account I was able to generate like the 46,000, the one uh, the one I sent to you and um, on Twitter and Instagram. So I had 300k with FTMO, 200k with the funded trader. I'm working on getting max funded with FTMO. Um, I actually so with FTMO I actually lost the 300k account because I had like a, a max daily drawdown. So right now I only have the 200k with the funded trader, 
I'm currently doing a challenge with uh, my Forex funds for 100K, and I'm going to do one with FTMO for the 400K max allocation. Because honestly, I just want to get to a million dollars in funding, mm. like throughout all these prop firms, like probably within the next few months or so. so that's kind of like the yeah. goal. Well, definitely, definitely check out City Traders Imperium because they, they are, I know they're actually just about to release. And by the time this goes live, they would have released it probably a month or so beforehand. Um, they're just about to release a massive change to their funded trader program. So... Okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely go and check them out because they're, they're, they're going to have a very competitive offering. Now, um, that's cool. So let's dive into some of the sort of the regular questions here. It's a great story. Um, so now, wait, when you're trading now, uh, what's your what would you say your typical win percentage would be? Some other stats around your trading, your typical risk to reward, that sort of thing. Yeah. So right now, um, the way I trade for well, the, so the risk reward always varies depending on the market. So it obviously depends on like how like where I'm entering where. Like where's the next resistance level? So the risk reward, I don't. For me personally, I don't have it stagnant. It's like if I enter here and the market wants to go here, and I'm looking for longs, and from here to there is let's say five R, you know, relative to my stop loss, then that's that's what my risk reward is going to be. But my average risk reward for my from from my stats is about two and a half to three R. Um, win percentage is anywhere around like 70 percent. So the win percentage is pretty good. My issue is always just like sizing up a little too much sometimes. Um, and it goes back to like, you know, trying to be aggressive, trying to like be opportunistic. Sometimes I can be a little bit too opportunistic, especially when the setup sometimes isn't as opportune. Um, but yeah, man. So that's kind of like the average risk to reward to win rate that I'm currently dealing with right now. And what would be your sort of like conservative risk percentage of the account and your aggressive, the difference? So it, it really, that's what, like, it really depends on the trader. Cause I really like the trade, let's say for a 200 K with the funded trader, right? If I really like the trade, I'll risk like $4,000 on it. And I, so with funded trader, you have $12,000 daily loss limit. So I'm like, all right, I could just throw in $4,000 on this trade. No problem. Um, but on the average, it'll be like 1% of the account. So it'll right. be $2,000 on a 200K account. That's the average. But if I really like it, I'll throw in 2%. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, and what instruments are you trading? Yeah. So mainly um, NASDAQ, uh, Euro USD, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Um, Sometimes UCAD, sometimes USDCAD. I actually just called a USDCAD trade the other day. Yeah, those pretty much just that. And then I'll just cycle through them throughout the throughout the day before my trading session and see which one is offering me like the best higher time frame setup. So if I see a setup that's forming on like the four hour on Euro, I'm just gonna focus on Euro for the day. Because I don't I get distracted watching too many like if I have to watch three charts from different pairs, I I get distracted a lot. So I just focus on the one that's offering me like the best setup. And how many trades a week would you say? Um, I would. Do, I usually have about one or two trades a day. Um, so probably five to ten. Yeah. Um, it depends because sometimes I'll take Fridays off. So yeah, anywhere between like four to eight setups. Okay. Uh, throughout the week. And what about your typical trading day? How does that set up? Yeah. So I usually wake up in the morning, um, seven o'clock. I have a gym downstairs, so I usually get like a little bit of a workout in fifteen twenty minutes. Nothing too crazy. By 7.30, I'm like showering, maybe getting a cup of coffee or something like that. And then I start like analyzing everything 7.45. So I'm ready by around like 8 o'clock. So by 8 o'clock, I'm ready. I'm kind of like already at my desk. Um, I already know which what I'm going to be focusing on, whether it's going to be on crypto, whether it's going to be indices, or, or I'm focusing on the euro for the day. Um, and then, yeah, man, I just focus on that one chart. And then typically done with the trading day around 11 to 12, depending on if I see something in indices uh, in the afternoon session. And and are you so I'm guessing you're doing US 
a New York session. I mean, what what's yeah, the uh, yeah. what what about um, London? Have you ever thought about trading that and getting up at Sparrow's Fart, as we call it? <laughs> uh, no, not anymore, man. I, I lost too much sleep and probably lost a couple of years of my health okay. training London session. Okay, so yeah, you don't need worst, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the problem is because it's two a.m. because London session over here is two a.m. Yeah. So if I have to trade from two to four a.m. And if the trade doesn't even play out until like, let's say 5 a.m., I'm losing sleep, you know, and then I, I can't focus for the New York session. And honestly, I trade better in New York session anyways, so I just cut off London completely. Now, what about a step-by-step approach for somebody trying to grow an account? What would you recommend? Yeah, for, so a step-by-step approach, man, I honestly think, um, well, first you got to get educated. Like if someone, if someone's brand new and they don't know what they're doing. They're not, no matter what, they're not going to be able to grow an account. So honestly, number one, get educated. Um, that was, that was number one thing I always done, um, regardless whether it was here or any venture that I've had was just kind of pay for a course. Um, and yeah, man, you just, you know, it is, you just have to build the experience too, because growing accounts is not as, it's not really difficult. Once you have your trading strategy and you have the discipline to execute, it just comes down to confidence. Cause if you're not confident to execute the strategy, you could have the best strategy in the world, but it really wouldn't matter if you're not confident enough to kind of pull the trigger. And like, as you get more experience, you know, try to push a little bit more size as, you know, as you know, like, all right, this strategy has a high win rate or, or even if it doesn't have a high win rate, but this strategy has a super high risk to reward and it hits 50% of the time. But if I keep taking that trade, the risk to reward is going to pay me out so much more over time. Hmm. And that's the thing. You can't think about going account on today's PNL. It has to be about the PNL at the end of the month, at the end of the year, because that's really what matters. You could be down on the day and do everything correct. Like there's days you probably, <clears throat> we've all done everything right. We followed our, we executed beautifully and we're just down on the day because the market just wasn't providing, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So I think that those are kind of key things for people if they want to go on account. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it sounds <laughs> like compared to, um, I suppose, the ideal or idealistic view of a trader um what I'm, what i'm really hearing is you're you know you're sort of the the kind of trader that you don't care unless then correct me if i'm wrong you don't care as long as at the end of the month you got money coming in you exactly. don't care if you don't care if like you know that the road there wasn't the perfect road you know you you had to like it's not a straight road but you got there at the end of the day and if you can keep getting there that's that's the main thing right is that sort of how you see it and is that different 100%. from when and is that different from when you sort of originally set out or during the journey you were like it's not you know i'm not i haven't got the straight road what's going on here is it sort of different no so uh, yeah so i definitely had a um a bit of a longer term approach of my mindset like so in the beginning you're right like i, I would get so devastated after losing day and i couldn't like it would affect me the next day but now it's just i'm at a point where you know the experience kind of just plays in and I know like I could do everything right today, not make money, and I could do everything right tomorrow, and then tomorrow makes up for today. And honestly, the way I think it's just because of like the confidence in my strategy, my system, um, and having been doing it for so long, like for about like you know, training this type of stra- style for like about a year since 2021, up until yeah, it's about to be more than a year actually. I just have that under my belt. And honestly, uh, one major tip actually, I think for people, um, especially beginners, I think people should find a way to like increase their income before starting to trade because i think the more money that a trader has the more likely they are to succeed simply because there's not 
the same attachment to money as someone who may not have capital. So that that, that was personally the case for me. Like I, <clears throat> as I grew my income, like outside of trading um, through like other ventures, my trading got better simply because I wasn't trading scared anymore because I knew, all right, worst case scenario, if I blow this account, like I could still afford like my apartment. I could still pay my bills. I'm not, you know, the lights aren't going to get turned off. Um, and I had like a decent amount of money in my savings where I know God forbid, if I didn't make money for a year, I will still, I'll still good. <clears throat> and that's a major like help psychologically for any trader, because if you know you're good, no, even if you don't make any money, then your trading decisions are more than likely going to be a little bit better. Kind of knowing that you have that cushion on the side. And now what about from a mindset point of view? Like, I mean, that's obviously one kind of tip. Have you got another mindset hack or something that you've implemented yourself to get you over, uh, I suppose, where you were back in the beginning? Yeah, man, I think um, I think working out in the morning, for me personally, working out in the morning helps. Um, you know, you get the testosterone going and stuff like that, and you kind of get the blood flowing. And yeah, versus like some people, they'll literally just wake up and just go to their desk. Like for me, if I when I do that, if I don't have like any good, if I don't have like a good night of sleep, I'm not going to trade well because like my mind kind of isn't focusing on like, you know, performing. At the end of the day, like we know trading is a performance-based sport. So you have to make sure that you're taking care of things outside of the market, like in terms of your health, that so that your mind can actually, you know, be clear. You don't want to have brain fog when you're looking at the charts because then all that's going to happen, you're going to make bad trading decisions and then you're going to get super emotional. But when I, like if I have a, if I have a good night's sleep, I get a nice workout in, like, you know, the testosterone, the blood is flowing and I'm trading and I take a loss. I'm not bothered because I know, like, I, I can see things clearly. But if I didn't have a good night of sleep and I kind of have brain fog and, you know, I'm just kind of sitting there like uh, agitated, you know, I take a loss. I might get a little bit annoyed because it's like, uh, you know, even though I, I did everything right, the loss was just, to, you know, a byproduct of probabilities. But, yeah, it just hits different when you kind of have that brain fog and you're not alert. Mm. Yeah, interesting. And, and and ideal for for you with the time zone and she's living in New York City. I mean, come on. Um what about what about like if you had to sort of give me advice uh somebody who's trading the London session which for me is like sort of 7 p.m. sometimes 9 p.m. depending on the uh, the time of a year. What what would that be? How would I sort of how would I tackle that? Cuz obviously but that stage my brain is pretty fried. Um um it's tough, man, because um that that's the biggest reason why I stopped trading London because like I just couldn't focus because I would be okay at like around two o'clock, <clears throat> but as it got to like three, four, five a.m., like my brain was just fried. And I think the best way to do it is if you have a mechanical trading strategy, right, where it's like, hey, if A, B, C, D happen, my entry goes here, my stop loss goes there, and I know this is my target one and my target two. You could just put on the trade and just walk away. Like I, actually, yeah, that's the major tip that I would actually provide because that's. My biggest trades, even on Bitcoin and all these trades that I've done in January and some of the biggest trades I've had, like on the FTMO accounts to get the $40,000, like it was literally on trades that I would just put on, put the stop loss in. And I just have like the trading view alerts when price is near my target. And then I just walk away because all I'm doing, like watching the trade, is just causing like agony. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you're just watching it. And especially if price is just kind of consolidating near your entry, you don't know if you should get out. You don't know like, oh my God, like should I just like trim my position? when the market really did nothing wrong, but it's just kind of like your mind playing games. So I think if you have a mechanical trading strategy, just put in your orders once, like, you know, you get your entry signal, you know where your stop loss is supposed to be, put the trading view alerts on, and then just kind of like, you know, walk away, lay down, you know, or like get your mind off of the of the charts. And then mm -hmm. if you get the notification, 
you know that, all right, now it's time for me to manage the trade. I'm going to take my partials or I'm going to move to break even or whatever it's going to be. Mm. And, and for anyone that's interested, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do a little video and I'll put it up on the uh, members only area of Trading Nut YouTube channel and tell you what I do to get over this problem of having to trade in the evening. Now, um, last question before we jump into the quick fire round. What, what's one thing you'd recommend for any retail trader to spend the next month mastering? Um, yeah, probably just their psychology. So it depends. It depends on like the trader. So the trader, if the trader is skilled and they, they already know like their system inside and out, I would suggest that they just kind of focus on like their mental game. You know, there's a lot of content on YouTube, um, chat with traders, another podcast that they have, like, you know, different psychologists that come on and they talk about different practical things that people can do to actually improve their psychology, not just, Oh, be, be positive. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff that's kind of mm. impractical. Um, there's actually like methodologies to actually improve your psychology. So I would suggest if someone's already like, you know, they already know their trading edge, focus on that. And if someone who isn't in the next six months, just focus on actually having some type of trading strategy with an edge. Um, and yeah, just improve your technical game, you know, because at the end of the day, if you don't have the skill, you can have the best mindset in the world, but you're still not going to make money if your trading skills are kind of subpar, you know? Now, um, we're going to go through a few quickfire questions here. So, uh, number one, how long did it take you to go from trading newbie to consistently profitable? Uh, depending on the trader, but I would say on average probably like a year or two. Uh, what's your favorite entry setup? Uh, probably an impulse move and then a retracement with like an OTE fib. Uh, what strategies do you use to exit or manage trades? Um, if prices, if I'm long and prices hitting like a, some type of supply or resistance, I immediately take off. 50 to 75% of the trade. No questions asked. What's your recommended trading book or resource? Um, I don't have a book because I don't really read books, but um, I would suggest like, yeah, podcasts, like the Trading Up podcast. You guys cool. can, there's so much, there's so much of content on here that you guys can get a lot of gems out of there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I swear you must have just, it's taking my brain energy there because I was like, he's going to say trading that podcast. He's going to say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? Uh, yeah. So my worst ever trade was in Bitcoin. Um, yeah, it just, it moved so far against me. I didn't have the stop loss and I ended up losing about $15,000. Uh, what's your preferred broker and trading platform? Um, I was like with my live accounts, I was using Nash markets, but I've actually, um, yeah, I would, I would say Nash, Nash Markets. When, yeah. I, yeah, when I was with them, yeah, easy withdrawals, um, spreads were solid, yeah. Hey, folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100K. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. What, what about your trading platform? Uh, what do you mean, like platform? Oh, what, sorry, what software do you use? Oh, yeah, like TradingView. I always, yeah, TradingView is like the only thing I have and with MT4. So whatever, like if I'm trading with the funded account, yeah, I have MT4 on one screen, TradingView on the main one. Now, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, one piece of advice, um, it would probably be, you know, just con- constantly working on your edge. Um, yeah, and just kind of putting in at least, at the very least, you know, especially even if you're experienced, man, at the very least, you should be putting 30 minutes to an hour every single day on your trading, whether you're forward testing your strategy, whether you're just journaling the trading day that happened, whether you're just being involved with the markets, because too many traders will come into the market, they'll trade, um, and then they don't even track their trades and they just go about their days. And you can't really get better if you don't know 
statistically speaking, like, all right, am I actually improving or not? Am I doing things differently? So I would say just make sure to constantly journal and dedicate 30 minutes to one hour after the trading session to the craft. Uh, and before we wrap up, what's the best way for traders to get hold of you? Yeah, so it'll be on Instagram. So train and tra- train underscore and underscore trade three. I think that's what it is. And on Twitter, I'm more active on Twitter nowadays than on Instagram. Um, but yeah, and also I'm on YouTube. So I'm actually posting a lot of content on YouTube. So those three mediums are like the best ways people can get a hold of me. Yeah, just I can see it in front of me here. It's, it's train underscore and underscore trade. We'll put these links in the show notes anyway. And uh, okay, it's, I think your personal page is Omar, O-M-A-R-R dot O-3. Yeah, so we yeah. don't want anyone jumping on the scam accounts out there. Um, look, <laughs> yeah, yeah. a big thank you to Omar for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with those links we've just mentioned, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Omar in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, there you have an interview done and dusted. Now, do remember, we did shoot a video after the show where he breaks down and shows uh, the profit split he took from a funded trader program and uh, shows you how he took those trades. So, guys, go and check that out. There'll be uh, It's over there on the YouTube channel or click on the show notes link below the video or in the podcast description and you're going to get access to that. Now, uh, other things to remember, yes, so he's opening the doors for his program 50% off if you use coupon code TRADINGNUT, all one word, all capitals, and it ends in a few days. So unfortunately, if you're listening to this or watching this in the future, uh, or you've missed it, it's taking you too long to get to this, then it's probably expired, but you may as well go and check it out. Anyway, you're going to get set-by-set videos, weekly calls, and private chat over there. He doesn't open it many uh, times during the year, and it's only open for, as I said, a few days. So, guys, if you want to check that out, then there was a link to his show notes page under the video, which will have a link to the course, the coupon code, so you can copy and paste it and all that sort of good stuff. Um, other things, Trading Up Funder Cup, go and check out the leaderboard at citytradersimperium.com, and also the Algo Funder Mastermind Bot, is up in the Robot Builders Club this July only. So if you missed out and you want to get access to it, this is your last chance. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you in the next one.